This is the Doubles Only Tennis Podcast, where you learn the best tips and strategies in the world to help you become a smarter, more effective tennis player. You'll hear interviews with pro tour doubles players and coaches, including easy-to-use lessons to improve your game and win more matches. My name is Will Bocek, founder of the Tennis Tribe, doubles strategy coach, and host of the show. Hey everyone, welcome to today's show. And in this episode, as promised last week, uh, we're going to get back uh, a little more heavy on the double strategy side. So what I'm going to cover today is five common errors that I see at the club level uh, and why they happen and then how to fix them. Uh, These are all really easy fixes. It's mostly kind of shot selection, uh, choosing how you hit the ball, where you hit the ball, things like that. So um, this this episode was kind of inspired last week. I was chatting with a friend uh, at a league match, and we were talking about a particular player on our team. And this uh, this particular player has a big serve, big forehand, great volleys, uh, but he just misses a little bit too much. And we said that... Um, we, we were kind of chatting and and decided, you know, if, if this player would play with like 65% or 70% uh, of the kind of power that they try to hit with, they would probably be a, a full half point higher on the NTRP or USTA scale. Um, they would be a significantly better player. And I thought more about that. And I think this probably applies to somewhere in the realm of like 20 to 30% of most uh, or of all club level um, USTA level doubles players. Uh, I all the time I will um, play people who have a bigger serve than me, uh, a bigger forehand, better volleys. Um, They have better technique in singles. They would wipe me off the court. Uh, If a coach fed balls to both of us, you would look at both of us and you'd say, oh, the other player's better. But then we get out there in the doubles match and they just make too many errors because they're going for too much on a lot of these shots. So um, I think another way to think about this, and I'm going to cover the five of the most common errors that I see in this situation, but another way to think about this uh, is if you're playing like a video game, right? And uh, if you've ever played, um, I don't think there's really any good tennis video games, but if you've ever played... Uh, like a, an NBA basketball video game or a, a football or soccer video game, each player has their own stats. And if you can imagine you're a video game tennis player, you have a score for control, for power, for consistency, maybe for spin, for movement. Uh, and you might have scores for strokes like serve, return, ground strokes, volleys, and so on. And, you know, for example, I might be a um, like an eight for control, a six for power, uh, eight for consistency, a seven for spin, a seven for movement, serve might be down around a five, and so on. So what, what I want you to think about is like if you were to rate yourself in all of these, um, all these different areas, uh, where are you excelling and where are you struggling? Uh, and how can you kind of balance that out? And the type of player I'm talking about today that 
I think will cover about 20 to 30% of people listening to the show is the type of player who has a power level of like a nine or a 10. Um, and this is of course relative to your skill level. So if you're like a three O player, um, then, you know, your power level would be relative to other three O players. But, um, regardless, the type of player I'm talking about today is a power level of maybe like a 10 and then their control level might be like a, a five or something. Um, and, if that's you, think about next time you're on the court, can you play at 65% power and still be just as effective? Certainly you won't hit as many winners, but you'll probably force a lot more errors. And what I'm about to share are five times that I feel like most players, whether you're this type of player or not, um, need to be more consistent and really focus on not missing and setting up that next shot. So uh, we're going to go one through five here. Um, This shouldn't take too long, uh, but these are really things to focus on. And I want you to think about your own game and how each one might apply to you and what you do in each of these situations. So the first one is the serve. We always start with the serve. It's um, arguably the most important shot in tennis and in doubles. And the the mistake I see is, is so many players who just go for too much on their serve in doubles. This is something um, I've talked about in the past. In, in singles, it's okay to go for a little more. Your first serve percentage can be around 60%. In doubles, you really want it to be up close to 70% because the opponent on the return side has a lot more pressure in doubles to get the ball by your partner at the net. So if you're the type of player who is trying to hit bomb serves all the time and really focused on pace instead of placement, um, think about that next time you get out there. Try to serve at 65 70%. Focus on spinning the ball in uh, if you have that capability um, and really placing it you know, into the corners of the box or into the body um, on the particular side that you want to uh, based on the opponent. And and focus on making a high percentage of first serves because this uh, giving opponents a lot of second serve looks in a given service game is one of the easiest ways to get broken. Obviously, double faulting is a little bit worse, but um, it's one of the most common ways to get broken that I see other than double faulting. Um, And of course, if you're missing a lot of first serves, you're much more likely to double fault anyways. So that's no good as well. Um, And then for the rest of you who don't do this, Think about it in pressure moments and especially in tiebreakers. Um, This is something I've tried to focus on. I'm not somebody who goes for a lot on their serve, uh, but I've found that a lot of, you know, if I get to a a 10 point tiebreaker for a third set or something, a lot of those tiebreakers when I lose, I'll miss first serves. You know, maybe I'll only make one out of four during the tiebreaker or one out of five or, or two out of six or something like that. So, Focus even more so on making a high percentage of the first serves in tiebreakers, spinning that ball into a high percentage location. So that might be for right-handed players into the deep uh, forehand corner uh, in the deuce court. Um, in the ad court, it might just be a body serve in the middle of the box focusing on depth. Um, or you can go to that deep corner uh, on the backhand side and the ad side. But regardless, really think about uh, placement and consistency on that first serve. 
um, if uh, if you get into those pressure moments and tiebreakers. So number two uh, for these five times where, where club level players are missing too much. Uh, and this is probably one of my favorites. I think this one at number four are probably my two favorites. Um, but number two is two to three ball cross court rallies. Now, this kind of sounds general, right? Don't miss in your cross court rally. But what I mean is if you're um, serving or returning and you get into a cross court rally, this can apply to the deuce or add side. What I see a lot of players do is bail out of the rally early in one of two ways. Uh, they either keep trying to hit harder because, you know, you hit a shot, the ball came back, you hit another cross court shot, the ball came back again, and you're sitting there thinking, okay, whatever I'm doing is not working because we're still in this point. So I need to hit harder. When in reality, uh, the first person that tries to do this and tries to hit harder typically is going to make an error and lose the point. So if you're stuck in a neutral cross-court rally, just continue with the cross-court solid balls until your net player has an opportunity to make a move or until the other player makes the mistake. The other way I see people try to bail out of these rallies too often and make errors or uh, play themselves out of the point is obviously hitting down the line. So um, you can hit down the line going for the all-out winner and in that case, you might hit harder and hit down the line, which is a, a really um, tough combo to be consistent on. Or you might hit down the line and the net player uh, hits a volley for a winner um, through the middle or drop shot or whatever it may be. So think about those cross-court rallies. And the way that when I'm out there playing, the way that I think about it is, uh, can I... Um, you have to think about how aggressive the opposing net player is versus your own. And then also, is this cross-court rally a good matchup for me? Now, if I'm uh, being, I don't know, a little lazier on a particular day, I will sit back at the baseline and rally cross-court. Um, personally, I if I hit one or two balls from the baseline, I should be moving forward to get to the net, especially if the opponent is a better um, baseliner than me. If they're going to win that cross-court rally most of the time, then I kind of do want to avoid it, and you have to um, get out of that rally. But hitting down the line and hitting harder um, or hitting harder are two uh, ways that I would not recommend getting out of that cross-court rally if it is a bad matchup. So um, better options would be uh, if you do have an opportunity to lob down the line, uh, especially on the deuce side, it can be a little more effective. Uh, that can be okay. Have your partner cross um, or poach on the first opportunity that they see. You know, if they see a ball land kind of deep in the court, they should go ahead and move um, to force the opponent to go down the line or to get a volley themselves. Or uh, just try to get to the net when you can. Hit the ball a little bit higher over the net with a little more spin and come in behind it and apply some pressure to that opponent. Um, but those two to three ball cross-court rallies, again, just because the ball is coming back doesn't mean we need to hit with more pace um, or bail the opponents out by going down the line too often and making too many errors. So the third time that I see a lot of players missing and, and really making a shot selection error here. Um, it's similar to the cross-court rallies, but 
it's when uh, it's on short wide balls. So it's when you're in maybe a cross court rally or the opponent hits a volley uh, that's kind of angled off the court. And you might have a short forehand in the deuce court, you know, outside of the double alley. And I see this most often when the ball drops a little bit. So when it gets down around your waist or your knees, a lot of players will try to hit the kind of down the line, um, arcing, you know, Nadal type bending forehand that that dips into the uh, the doubles alley for a winner. And, and they'll make it one out of five times. But in general, it's just not a good strategy. Uh, and depending on your skill level, even if the ball is up around your shoulder and it's a short ball and it's, it's a nice approach shot, um, even a lot of those are, are really just not great to go down the line on. Um, so next time you are out there uh, playing in a match and you get a short ball, rather than thinking about ending the point on that shot, think about how to either force an error or just set up the next ball. Because at that point, you're on offense, you're ahead in the point, uh, and there's no reason to bail out the other team by trying to hit uh, some you know, high-paced, down-the-line shot that you might only make one or two out of five times. Um, instead, hit a high-percentage shot that you'll make five out of five times, maybe at the opponent's backhand volley uh, or at the person at the baseline um, to push them back and then go ahead and approach the net. Um, and get ready for that next volley that'll be a lot more high percentage than hitting your approach shot down the line for a winner. So the fourth time I want to uh, want you to really focus on uh, high percentage tennis is on volleys at the net, and, and specifically the volley I'm talking about is the inside-out volley. So this is going to be... Um, a little bit to visualize, but uh, bear with me here. So most coaches will teach you, you know, if you poach or if you get a volley, uh, hit it at the opposing net player, right? Um, They don't have any time to react to it. So you'll force an error or it'll just go right by them, which in some scenarios that is true. Um, That's absolutely true. But what I see a lot of players do is try to hit it at that opposing net player at all costs. And they end up missing the volley. So uh, one example of this is if you're, uh, and the most common example that I see is if you're at the net and your partner is in a cross-court rally or maybe they're serving uh, on the ad side. So the returner is across from you in the ad court. Uh, you have a backhand volley in the middle and they hit a return or hit a ground stroke and it comes to your backhand volley and you try to hit it inside out into the deuce court at the net player's feet. Now, that is a really, uh, the inside out backhand volley is one of the more difficult volleys uh, in uh, tennis. Um, The inside out forehand volley is pretty tough too. Um, So what I want you to think about is instead of hitting that inside out, you know, unless you're right on top of the net and it's a really slow ball and it's super easy, um, hit that back to that baseline player um, and what can be even better is if you have this backhand volley a little bit closer to the center, the middle net strap, work on the short backhand cross-court angle volley. And you can hit that ball um, short kind of behind the 
uh, returner or the opposing baseline player in the ad court. And typically they're not going to be able to get to that shot. And if they do, they have a running short backhand in the ad court. Um, this All this stuff applies to the deuce court as well. Um, a volley that I've added uh, to my game over the last two or three years is the, the short kind of drop shot angle forehand volley from the deuce court. Um, most of the time when I poach now, I'm not hitting that forehand volley at the opposing net player. Uh, instead, I'm just hitting it short and cross court. And almost every single time, the opposing uh, baseline player or returner uh, cannot get to it. Um, it's just a short angle. Uh, the opposing net player can't get over there to get to it. It's too short for the opposing baseline player to get up to. Um, and it's a much higher percentage volley for me because I'm hitting it across my body, which is a much easier volley. So I rarely miss it. Um, whereas if I go at that net player, um, I'm hitting it inside out. I'm changing the direction of the ball. Uh, and I'll often miss that one either in the net or I can sail it long if it's kind of a stretch volley. Uh, so it's a lot more difficult. So focus on, you know, unless you have a really easy kind of slow ball that's high over the net, um, most volleys just hit them across your body and focus on just making them rather than uh, trying to force um, hit, hit a winner on an inside out volley or um, force uh, the ball at the opposing net player. Um, focus on those those high percentage shots until you get that one that you can actually put away. So the fifth time I see a lot of errors at the club level are on transition volleys, uh, especially kind of around the service line is, is the most common. So this is very similar to um, to the short balls, the approach shots, the, the short wide balls. Uh, a lot of people on these transi- transition volleys, excuse me, um, a lot of people try to hit winners on these or hit with more power. They feel like um, because they're closer in and maybe the volley's a high volley up around their shoulder, um, they should be able to really smash it and hit with a, a ton of pace. And um, similar to the inside out volleys, what I think the smartest play here on these transition volleys is to hit hit the volley across your body if you can um, and uh, just play it to the baseline player. Use it as an opportunity to transition to the net and continue to apply pressure. And again, this is another scenario where you're really ahead in the point. Um, the opponent is on defense. If you have a transition volley, that means you're moving forward uh, to get to the net with your partner, and that's going to put you in a good position. So do not bail out the other team with an error or, or by uh, just trying to go for too much. So um, typically on these, what I like to do is just play it back cross court to the opposing player um, to the opposing baseline player in the ad court. I do like to get it to their backhand because I would rather them try to hit a backhand uh, passing shot than forehand. Um, in the deuce court, it's a little more difficult to get it to their backhand if the opposing net player is uh, pretty aggressive. So if they're pretty timid, I'll still try to go to the backhand. Uh, if they're um, pretty aggressive, then I will um, hit more of kind of a short angle on these or, uh, just hit with a lot of depth. So even if they do hit a really hard, good passing shot with their forehand, if they're hitting it from several feet behind the baseline, my partner and I are going to have time to uh, to get to the ball 
um, rather than if they hit kind of a ball inside the baseline, um, that's going to take away our time that we have to react. So uh, those are the options for the deuce and add courts. But again, just focus on um, hitting a solid, you know, we talked about technique on these transition volleys with uh, Abby Spears a few weeks ago, um, but focus on, you know, a short backswing, don't overhit it, um, and just hit a solid volley to make the opponents uh, still beat you because, again, you're really ahead in the point here. So uh, if you have any questions on any of this, you can always uh, reach out to me, will at thetennistribe.com. Um, and hopefully this helped you. Uh, I really think that, you know, probably 20 to 30% of you are probably trying to hit the ball too hard most of the time. And I think, you know, if you're a 4-0 player and this describes you, if you can play at 65, 70% power and be a little more consistent, I think that's probably the difference between 4-0 and 4-5 for that type of player. Or if you're a 3-0, um, you could get up to 3-5 and so on. So um, really being more consistent is, is the thing to focus on or the key takeaway uh, in this episode and um, playing with that kind of 65 to 75% power uh, so that you can place the ball better and be a little bit more consistent. So thanks everyone for listening and I will uh, talk to you in the next episode. If you're a doubles player, you'll love our weekly doubles newsletter. Every Thursday, we send you doubles tips and strategies to help you improve your game and become a smarter player. When you sign up, you'll get a free 10-page guide on how to play with more confidence and dominate at the net in doubles. You can go to thetennistribe.com to sign up now.